Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Fit Fizz Podcast, my friend. Has anyone ever told you you need to meditate? Or maybe you know that you should, and you know that it's good for you, but you're just way too stressed out to even try to find the time. Or maybe you're like, yeah, meditation is good, but I just don't get it. Or meditation is cool, but it's just not for me. I'm not into all that hippy-dippy-woo-woo stuff. If any of this sounds like you, then this episode is for you. I used to be all of the above. And so today I'm going to explain how I came around to giving meditation a chance and how I finally figured out that it doesn't necessarily have to be what I thought it was every time someone would unhelpfully say, you need to meditate. In case you're new to the podcast, I'm Kelly Wilson, owner of fitfizstudio.com, and I am a certified trainer, nutrition coach, behavior change specialist, autoimmune disease fighter, and I've worked in the health and fitness industry for over 20 years. I am here to help you ditch the gimmicks, find strength through your struggles, to give you knowledge for making the smartest choices for your own health, and to remind you to celebrate victory all along the way. The information shared is for educational and informational purposes only. None of the contents should be interpreted as an intent to diagnose, treat, cure, heal, or prescribe. And if you would like to show your support for this show right here and get something in return, you can support the show on patreon.com slash Kelly Wilson. So as I was saying before I so rudely interrupted myself, (laughs) I have had people tell me you should meditate more times than I could possibly count. I always found it very annoying every time I heard it, which made me not want to try it. And I didn't figure out why I found it so very annoying until I was in the midst of my autoimmune struggle where I was faced with job loss, no way to see a doctor and health issues that were pretty darn scary. It was the stress of a lifetime. And it was a real wake up call for me that I had to find a way to lower my stress like my life depended on it, regardless of the extreme challenges that I was facing, because my life kind of did depend on it. My health depended on it. So anyway, getting back to how I figured out why it always got under my skin when people would tell me I needed to meditate, I realized that it's because it felt obnoxious for a person to suggest to a stressed out person, you need to meditate without giving any guidance on where to start or where to begin. Because anytime you've got person A who feels like they need to tell person B, you need to meditate, it sure isn't prompted because person B is already zenned out and calm and being twinsies with stillness, right? So a suggestion of you should really meditate is usually uttered to someone who is already freaking out about life. So even if the suggestion is well-intentioned, if they're not following it up with a starter guide, they might as well say, hey, I see that you're already overwhelmed with life. I'd like to suggest adding to that by doing something that you have no idea how to do. Ta-ta for now. (laughs) That's what it feels like. So to all the people who have suggested to someone else you really need to meditate. I hope that you will see that it is 
not helpful, even though you mean well, unless you're willing to give up some of your own bandwidth to lead the way for another person to learn how to meditate and how to implement it into their already chaotic life. Chances are that the stressed out friend has already heard the suggestion to meditate before. Now, for the rest of the show, I'm here to be that friend and the voice of reason that I wish I had every time someone would suggest meditation to me. But prior to when I figured it out, all it left me with were these unsettled, stifled feelings of wishing that I could slap some sense into them. And I get it. Life can feel like it's dragging you by the toenails sometimes. I've been described as a type A personality many times, and maybe some of you can relate to that. But I prefer to describe myself as a reluctant type A personality. (laughs) So type A personalities, this is from Wikipedia, in case you're not familiar with type A personalities. They are people who are generally outgoing, ambitious, organized, anxious, proactive, and concerned with time management. People with type A personalities are often high achieving. A lot of people who know me would probably say that definition describes me pretty well. Type A people tend to thrive under stress. I wish I could deny that all of that stuff describes me. Ever since high school, I've thought in the back of my mind that one of the nicest things anybody could say about me at my funeral someday would be that I'm a free spirit. And I I think I wish that because I know that I'm absolutely not a free spirit, but I deeply wish that I was. But anyway, the reasons that I say I'm a reluctant type A is because I don't think I'm a type A at my core. I think the events in my life have forced me into it and really given me no other choice but to behave like a type A. Also, the fact that I am an introvert, highly empathic, and I'm an intense feeler of any emotions, less of an actual type A and more of a reluctant type A. So it can be rather exhausting when my boundaries are not respected by others. And that exhaustion from pushing, 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 and not enough space in life for resting, resting, and recharging looks like stress. And that's when other people who don't know what it's like to experience life as a reluctant reluctant type A introvert think it's a good idea to say something like, darling, you should really meditate. <laughs> and that feels like they're essentially saying, let, remem- let me remind you that you're also failing to meditate with an emphasis on the word failing. That word can really feel like a gut punch when you're already juggling far too many things. So anyway, getting back on track with trying to help you realize what med- meditation is and is not. First of all, meditation can be anything you want it to be. I'm certainly not an expert on meditation, but I've come a long way in my ability to handle stress by learning that meditation does not have to be a carved out window of time every single day and sitting in the lotus pose with certain music, with a certain type of breathing, and as soon as you have a conscious thought that you screwed up and you just suck at meditating. It doesn't have to be that way. Some people define meditation as a state an art and a practice of being deeply aware of the present moment. What did you picture when I said that? 
did you picture someone in yoga pants, barefoot in a field in the lotus position with birds chirping and the absence of any thoughts? <laughs> Let's change that right now because it can be so much more and also much easier than that because who just has a field and birds chirping at their disposal, right? <laughs> so I also think that a lot of people think that meditation means thinking about nothing. But the truth is, you really can't completely just decide to block all thought or emotion. A lot of experts refer to the monkey mind, which is that chaotic chatter that's incessantly bouncing around in your head with a million different disjointed thoughts when life gets, gets crazy. So that's like your your monkey mind. The monkey mind might be bubbling up with a lot of chatter, but it's when you decide to meditate or have a meditative practice, it's up to you whether you are going to listen to that monkey mind or not. With meditation, what you do is you want to make friends with the monkey mind in order and in order to become friends with your monkey mind, you kind of need to give it a job to do. And you can begin by just kind of saying, "Oh, hello, I see you there, crazy monkey mind." I'm going to ask you to help me out and I need you to pay attention to my breathing right now. So you really don't need a superhero level of concentration. Just simply be aware of your breathing. And as soon as you start noticing the monkey mind taking over again, remind the monkey mind that you're friends and it has a job to listen to your breathing right now and just come back to it as many times as you need to. I'm sure a lot of you have seen or maybe even tried coloring pages for adults that have become super popular over the past few years. And there's even all kinds of articles that are saying something like, studies show that coloring can be good for reducing stress. Maybe you've experienced it yourself or maybe you wonder why that is. Well, it's essentially a form of meditation or a meditative practice. It's a period of time where you're focusing on one thing it's relatively mindless or repetitive without any real chance of doing it wrong. And maybe your thoughts kind of focus on which colors you want to use next. And there ends up being less chatter from your monkey mind in your head about anything else stressful that's going on in your life. That's meditation. If you talk to experts on meditation, they might disagree with me. But I thought it was important to send this message out to you because I'm not an expert and I don't have a regular meditation practice. And I'd love it if that happens at some point in life when I'm financially stable and I've found a soulmate to spend life with. But for now, just like some of you, I'm doing the best I can with what I have while keeping my priorities in line. So sure, on a scientific level, I do realize that for people who set aside meditation time and have a dedicated space and maybe a special pillow and special music and essential oils and candles and all of the extras, all of, all of those extras do contribute to even lower levels of stress in the body on a physiological level. But if you can't manage all of that, it doesn't mean you're failing to meditate or that you don't meditate. For a very long time, I thought that meditation had to look a certain way, but that's simply not true. I know a lot of gym junkies who would probably agree that weight training is a form of meditation. Again, experts would probably beg to differ because lifting weights does put physiological stress on the central nervous system. But I can attest to the fact that not only do I find it stress relieving 
in a physical sense, but I find it meditative because as long as I'm not training with a team or I have to be a performative extrovert, when I train alone, I can go inside my head, let everything else go. And it's definitely a mindfulness practice because I'm focused on one thing and when I'm done, I feel great because I've had time to connect with my body physically and to be in the present moment regardless of what other stress awaits me when I'm done. I'm sure that for meditation experts, there's a huge difference between meditation and meditative practices. But Even if you can't make traditional meditation possible right now, meditative practices can still work wonders for stress and cortisol and calming the nervous system. And maybe you read regularly. That's a meditative practice. It's being focused on one thing for enjoyment and you're hopefully in the moment. Taking baths can be another meditative practice, even ice baths. That might sound kind of crazy, but if you're dipping your naked body into an ice bath, you are going to be thinking, you're not going to be thinking about your grocery list or how you're going to make it to two baseball games at the same night. You're going to be thinking about how cold that ice is and the pace at which you're submersing your body into that ice water. So you betcha you're going to be fully present with that ice. That's what mindfulness is being fully present on the one task at hand. So even if the idea of meditation still feels insurmountable, just think about improving your mindfulness, being present in the moment without worrying about 15 other things. When you do that, it has been proven to lower stress and calm the autonomic nervous system. And all of that decreases inflammation in the body which helps you digest food better, you'll poop better, you'll sleep better, you're just better, (laughs) all around a better person. Now, mindfulness can be maybe eating food without the TV or without your phone and focusing just simply on how good each bite tastes. For me, I love cleaning and organizing when I'm stressed out. And I know some people judge that. But for me, it feels meditative. It calms me. It gives me time to work through things that are stressing me out while I do something mindless with my hands. And when I'm done, even if it feels like everything else in my life is still a chaotic disaster, at least I don't have visual disasters contributing to it. For other people, meditative practices might be baking or sewing or building things or puzzles or gardening or yard work. Those are all very healthy, mindful practices that can have meditative effects. If you do those things for enjoyment and they truly feel like they soothe your soul and that you really just love them, then don't let anyone come at you with like, you need to meditate and make you feel like you're a failure because you don't. They don't know your life or the mindful practices that you do have. So feel free to tell those people to have a seat far away and to shush because you don't need that kind of negativity in your life. (laughs) So hopefully this is making sense to you. Keep in mind that with all of the meditative practices that I used as examples, there is a difference though between using them meditatively to connect with reality, which is healthy, and a practice 
that's used to escape from reality, which can be addictive and unhealthy. So it's important to have enough self-awareness to know which way you're using it and adjust as needed. I also want to point out that craving time to be lazy is most likely a sign that your body, mind, and spirit have been overworked for too long. Learn to say no. Healthy boundaries can actually prevent disease. I learned that the hard way. I wanted to escape corporate life so bad that it essentially destroyed my health. Here's another bit of advice that I wish someone had taught me. There's no reason to push yourself into one certain form of meditation. If it doesn't feel right in your gut, that's not the form of meditation that's right for you. So remember that. I've found over time that I like guided meditations where someone is speaking and walking me through the experience. There are tons of fantastic apps for guided meditations, and there are also a lot of them on YouTube. Remember, there is no good or bad or too long or too short meditation. Sometimes maybe three deep breaths are all you need or all you have time for, but it can still be effective enough to reduce that feeling of stress in your body. Think of meditation like a clogged drain. There's all this stuff in the way, but the more time you spend unclogging it, the freer things will flow. Just like with lifting weights, learning to paint or learning a new language, it's easier the more you do it. Nobody ever just started meditating and was an expert the first few times that they did it. So you got to give it time and be nice to yourself in that aspect too. The effectiveness of meditation is not based on how calm or how perfectly focused you were during that time that you dedicate to a meditative practice, but the impact that it has on the rest of your life. Do you feel less stressed after your meditative practice? Do you have more patience with people? If so, good, then keep doing it. Do you feel like you can sleep better at night? If so, good, keep doing it. Or maybe you feel calmer when you're done, even if you feel like you can't calm your chaotic monkey brain? If so, then keep doing it. Those are the things that matter. So I hope this widened your view of what meditation is and what meditative practices are. Next time a friend is stressed out, instead of telling them, you should meditate, direct them to this episode. And please leave a review for the show if you found this information helpful. Don't forget, you can support the show on patreon.com slash Kelly Wilson. And until next time, breathe, stay strong, and always celebrate victory. Celebrate victory.